Welcome to the CyberLife Podcast, where we help you learn cybersecurity best practices, give you a weekly update on the latest cybersecurity news, and share valuable career advice. Hi everyone, it's Ken. In today's episode, you're going to hear from Dustin Sachs. Dustin has decades of experience in cybersecurity, even though we like to say he only looks 22. Now, Dustin has focused heavily in the critical infrastructure space of cybersecurity over the years. He holds a doctorate in computer science with a focus on cybersecurity, as well as an MBA with a focus on cybersecurity. Dustin holds multiple industry certifications, and he's also a volunteer with organizations like InfraGuard and the Cybersecurity Tribe. He's a sought-after conference speaker. He currently works in a senior leadership role in cybersecurity. And today we're going to be talking about how organizations can leverage AI and also behavioral science to help improve their security initiatives. So without further ado, let's jump right in and hear from Dustin. So thanks for joining today, Dustin. Appreciate you having, on, having you on. Uh, for everyone, we're going to be talking about AI, so artificial intelligence, for those that don't know what that is, we're going to talk about that, behavioral science, and how that all kind of wraps into cybersecurity initiatives for organizations. So, Dustin, I just want to start, can you provide an overview for the audience of how AI and behavioral science uh, intersect with security efforts that we're trying to do, and why is it crucial, more so even in today's landscape, to kind of blend all these things together? Absolutely. Thanks, Ken. Um, behavioral science, so Stepping back for a moment, you know, when we talk about AI, what we're talking about is, you know, as you said, it's artificial intelligence. But what we're really talking about is taking a computer, taking compute power and mimicking the actions of or and decision making of a human. So automation, you know, one of the things that's important to understand is automation is I want to make a mundane task or I want to make any task repetitive, repeatable, and I want to do it without human interaction. The automation doesn't involve, doesn't typically involve any set of decision-making outside of a rule set that is put into the automation and is followed to a T every time. AI, on the other hand, is where you're now allowing the computer or the compute system to make decisions based on either information that you've provided to it, its own learning, its own connectivity to the outside world uh, via the internet, or the ability for that compute system to interpret and deviate in some cases from a set of kind of guiding principles and rules and make decisions on its own. So what's really important when we talk about AI and behavioral science is as we're creating AI systems, we have to consider how humans make decisions or how humans act so that we can ensure that the AIs we are creating, we are developing, will be able to accurately, adequately, and safely, and ethically respond in ways that would be human-like. Um, and in cybersecurity, that's, super, that's very important because <clears throat> you may be asking the AI to make a decision or to take an action or to do something that requires some level of understanding how humans think and how humans act. 
because you're either combating against human behavior, you're expecting a human-like behavior to occur, or you are um, or you're doing something that requires an understanding of how humans think, how humans behave, why they do what they do, um, and how they how they come to those conclusions. So when we think about AI-driven algorithms, how can these be used by organizations to really enhance threat detection and response? Absolutely. So anyone who's worked in a cybersecurity operations center or has viewed what takes place in a cybersecurity operations center or has talked to anyone who has worked in a cybersecurity operations center, there are hundreds of thousands of alerts that come in every day. And it is it is just not possible for any one human or any group of humans to truly keep up with the speed at which these alerts are coming in. There's also a concept um, in behavioral science known as bounded rationality, which is the human brain only has so much processing power, can only process so much information at which point it then gets overloaded or it, it, you lose the ability to, to truly make good decisions or make any decisions. So the biggest advantage for AI is the ability to make, to, to analyze data, large quantities of data without some of those constraints, without the constraint of, um, of bounded rationality or of limitations to processing. The other thing is that AI is going to be, and computers are, are better able to detect and recognize anomalies than a human could do on their own. And a computer and computing power and AI are going to be way more effective at remembering something that it discovered three, four, five, six iterations ago, whatever that iteration may be, um, than a human is. Humans are have to remember things, and it's a lot harder sometimes to remember things that have occurred two, three, four iterations ago because things have happened in, in between. So leveraging AI allows for that excess understanding and that ability to really take previous information, remember it, learn from it, adapt from it. And quite honestly, computers can process a much larger set of data than the human brain can. So behavioral science really focuses on understanding human actions and their decision-making. So how can insights that we gather from behavioral science, how can we as organizations integrate those into our cybersecurity strategy and really leverage that to address the human element of cyber threats? Yeah, so there's been a lot of a lot of talk recently about the concept of human factors and human factors in cybersecurity specifically and human and not talking about security awareness, but talking about human risk management. And I think 
the the first thing to understand in the first place that behavioral science really helps is you have to understand the why. Why are people doing things? Why do why do our users click on the phishing links that they get? What is it about those links that's causing them to click on them? Is it that they're curious? Is it that they're greedy? Is it that they're something insert characteristic that is the reason why they're doing it? And this is where the a, a concept in both behavioral science, but also in psychology that exists, which is known as the hierarchy of needs. It was created by a psychologist by the name of uh, Abraham Maslow. And he talks about the fact that at a base level, the, the very fundamental thing that everybody is looking for is your base needs, which is food, shelter, things, you know, the essentials to stay alive. Then you talk about having, you know, at the, at the next level up, things like, you know, safety and security, you know, okay, maybe I have, maybe I have a house and a roof over my head and food on the table and what have you, but how safe is that? In, am I? And is that, are those items? So again, understanding kind of people's base need because people at their base are really looking at, have motivations that are driving them to do things. They may not have intentional motivations, but they've got motivations. So is it curiosity? Is it, you know, a, a need to help people? What, what understanding what your users, why your users are doing things will help immensely in figuring out one, how to train them not to do it, two, how to prevent against them. Because I, you know, I talk about and I've talked about with a number of people, the the real kind of utopia of behavioral science is to make it so that I don't care what action you take, I've got a control in place somewhere to counteract that. So I don't care that you clicked the phishing link because the phishing link, because I know that you're going to click these links and I know you're going to take these actions maybe not out of malicious intent, but out of curiosity or a willingness to help. And I'm going to protect so that no matter what you do, it only does what, I, that link only does what I want you to do. And the important point of that is we we often, as cybersecurity professionals, try to attack things and say, we need to train the human or we need to make the human do what we want which is partially true. We do want to make sure the human do, does only what we want them to do, but we have to understand at the root cause or why are they doing what they're doing. Um, also it helps to under, underscore and understand what why the attackers are doing what they're doing and how they're motivated, how they're mo how, what their thinking is. You know, we talk about the fact, you know, and we say it almost kind of, cliche is the attackers only have to be right we have to, once we have to be right a million times you know every single time the reason why that is is because their their mindset their motivation is i only need to get you know i'm gonna i'm gonna hit a hundred thousand different victims i only need one percent or less than one percent to respond 
to get what I need. Um, it's, you know, that's why these, you know, what are known as spray and pray attacks tend to work so well is because the whole idea is I only need you three or four of you to click on the ransomware link to get what I need out of it. Um, I only need one person at the organization to, to let me in to be able to do what I want. So understanding, again, those basic concepts of behavioral science will help people to and, and the, the people who are trying to defend systems better build their controls or their policies or their trainings or whatever to better address the root causes. So as we see more security teams and, and companies pulling in AI and, and leveraging it, we're also seeing even now that uh, cyber criminals and cyber uh, threat actors are are also leveraging AI and LLMs like ChatGPT. So when we think about bringing in this new technology and these new widgets, for, for lack of a better word, how can organizations stay ahead of these emerging threats that are leveraging the, the same technology that they're, that they're trying to use to combat them? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think the first thing, the first thing that I always think of is, you know, taking the taking a stance of we ourselves are not going to leverage AI or we ourselves are not going to focus on it. We're not going to worry about it. It's not a problem, I think, is a bit of an ostrich um, head in the sand kind of mentality. Our attack, as you as you said, the, the our adversaries are using AI. Our adversaries are leveraging AI to help make their um, attacks better. We, the the defenders, need to understand at least at a minimum understand that they are doing this, accept that they are doing this, understand how they are doing it, so that we can create the appropriate controls and protections and defenses. But I think to some extent, there's a value in accepting that we may need to use some levels of AI and and uh, advanced analytics and automation, advanced automation and what have you to help make our, to help combat better. Because what the challenge with AI in the, in cybersecurity is if our adversaries are using it, the speed at which and the, 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 the quantity of which at which we're going to see attacks is just going to increase. It's a lot easier for a human to set up an adversary to set up an AI and an automation and let it run and walk away and go do something else than it is for that person, that adversary to sit there and have to key in code and actually conduct the attack. Um, and a computer can process at, and an AI can process at a speed that is far and above what a human can. So, you you know, you think about, for example, you know, I'll use a very kind of crude example, but I think it's a good good example to show that difference is if you look at the speed at which a car can stop, uh, you know, can stop and brake uh, using, you know, anti-lock brakes and, you know, all the auto braking systems versus the speed at which a human can do the same thing. It's far and away been shown to be that the computer, the, the car can actually do it quicker. 
So those those same kind of mentality, same kind of thought process needs to play in. So I think we have to embrace that AI is going to be a part of life, both in general and um, in cybersecurity. And I think we have to understand and appreciate that there are, yes, the attackers are using it for, uh, for malicious intent, but we also can leverage it for positive intent. Um, we, but you have to understand it. You have to be able to um, accept that it's taking place. I mean, when you look at things like Worm GPT that's out there, uh, you know, or or even just the ability now in Chat GPT to set custom instructions, or you know, the fact that Bing's Chat uh, Chat GPT um, version is connected to the internet. You know, there there are a lot of things that we can't take the stance of. Well, we'll worry about it when we start to see way more attacks or we'll worry about it once it hits us and once it affects us, because once it hits you, once it affects you, it's too late to try to go back and figure out and learn about it and read up on it. So, you know, it's 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 one of those those things that is a key skill in any part of cybersecurity is the ability to constantly learn, the ability to constantly be staying abreast of new technology. Even if it's not affecting your organization right now, it will or has the potential to, and it's better to know about it now and understand it now than it is to try to do it in the immediate aftermath of an incident. Because as we all know, you only, you know, once an incident occurs, there's a real ticking time bomb of, I've got to report it or I've got to, you know, make statements about it or I've got to disclose it or whatever. Yeah. And especially, you know, and for those maybe listening to this later, we're filming this in 2023 and this is post the SEC ruling where uh, publicly traded companies have to report within just a matter of days. So um, definitely an important aspect there. You touched a little bit earlier, Dustin, on, the human element, or we often call it layer eight of the OSI model. And and I know you mentioned that we as professionals need to implement security controls to assume that the user is going to more than likely click on stuff, even though we say don't click on it. So how, in that, keeping that in mind, how can AI be used to, to really, while we're thinking about security awareness training, how can AI be leveraged to kind of give like little nudges or interventions for users to kind of in a way, tailor their behavior more. So it's almost like having that over-the-shoulder instructor, like, hey, don't do that, you know, and kind of guiding them. So how can we leverage AI to actually do that? That's a, that's a really, really great question. I think, you know, one of the biggest things is behavior and anomaly detection. Um, I think that AI can be looking at and processing data in a way that can identify either trends or where it can then say it, where the, it can then implement help implement rules that say, hey, you know, we need to maybe send out an, a, a, a security awareness message because we're seeing a lot of this type of attack or this type of behavior or whatever. Um, the other thing, the other thing is that you know, it can also identify when a, when something happens that is unlike that user 
and say, hey, was this you? Did you, you know, did you really mean to do this? Or was this really an action that you took? Um, and, and again, that, that decision-making of, hey, I've noticed an anomaly and I'm going to reach out and I'm going to contact, you know, via email or whatever. Hey, you know, was this you kind of thing? I think we're seeing, we're, we see a lot of this. We do actually see some of this AI uh, and some of this, this capability. Your banks are starting to use it a lot. They, and have been for a while, the, the whole fraud detection um, setup is really anomaly detection. The bank, no, nobody's sitting there, no, you, no human is sitting there going, hey, look, Ken, Ken, you know, just purchased something for $500 and all of his purchases are normally $300. Hey, maybe we should reach out and ask, um, you know, ask him what's going on. No one, no user, no human is actually doing that. A computer is sitting there and analyzing and doing anomaly detection. And then it realizes that and it says, hey, you know, I'm going to send out a message. Hey, Ken, was this you? Um, you know, or I'm going to make a decision to deny that purchase because of this. So that, and, and that's a very rudimentary, very basic example of where AI and automation kind of overlap. But where, you know, a, a no, no human intervention is taking place, um, but decisions are being made. Um, and that's the kind of the basis behind AI. Um, so, so, you know, thing, you, examples like that are great examples of where, where we can leverage AI to interact with the human, the, the human layer, as you said, um, I think as well, you talk about, you know, let's, let's again, use, you know, clicking the link, phishing, all of that, because that's, you know, certainly one of the bigger, more, um, prevalent and usually the 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 kind of the starting point for most attacks is if I have leveraged behavioral science to understand the 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 types of attacks that are going to resonate with my workforce um and, and what I mean by that is if you're working in healthcare getting an attack that talks about um you know, an educational institution or students or things like that might not resonate as much. People are going to no go, go, well, wait a second, this doesn't apply to my industry. Or, you know, if it's a healthcare industry, a healthcare organization, and you get a, a hey, your customers like to purchase this stuff, click this link to, per to, to find out more, like, that's going to, you know, a retail kind of attack like that. Somebody's going to go, eh, you know what, maybe this, this is probably bogus. Or if, you know, the people who are getting the invoice attacks are, you know, the legal department where they're not the ones processing invoices, that might, again, be another thing where you go, eh, you know, this, this, this seems a little suspicious. I'm not going to do it. On the flip side, though, understanding that you know salespeople for example are going to be more likely to want to click on a link that says you know here's a you know let us give you a list of contacts 
for people in your industry and it, they insert the name of the industry or whatever, you're going to certainly be a little more likely to look at that. Or if the email has a has a link with a topic that's particularly uh, salacious or juicy or, you know, something like that, or, a, you know, a, a, a topic that is going to grab a lot of clicks or clickbait as, you know, we refer to them, then certainly um, understanding that means now I know that, hey, I'm going to set up an AI that says, or I'm going to set up an automation that says, hey, you know what? Um, because I know my users are going to, are more likely to click on these types of, of things or things that include these keywords or whatever, I'm going to say if you, if if it includes one of these words or you know has these characteristics, I want you to treat it with at a different level, and I want you to either not allow the link to actually be processed, so don't actually go out and go to that link, or uh, you know I want you to let the link go out, but I want you to alert me, or you know I want you to alert and also send a message to the user. You know, all of that, that's, I think, the way that it's going to be most beneficial and the way we're going to see human, the human and behavioral science sides of things help cybersecurity. Last of that I'll say is, you know, you talk about there, there are numerous tools out there on the market, really good, really, you know, uh, up and coming tools as well that are that are designed to look at human behavior, human behavioral science, um, and, and really take those to take that information and allow organizations to make better decisions and allow organizations to automate and, and build in AI to help better, um, better protect against, you know, human, human, human decision-making that may be flawed or, or misguided or what, or, or, you know, whatever kind of descriptor you want to use. Um, and I think, you know, I think those tools that are out there that are, that are doing this are doing it really well and are doing it in a way that is making it easy. And, the, you know, I'll just kind of finish this comment, this line of, of discussion with the fact that when we talk about, leveraging AI or leveraging um, behavioral science, what we're talking about not is not al always necessarily, I need to do to take an action, make a decision using the AI, where the AI is the one making the decision. In many cases, it can be the AI helping to generate and process the data in a way that it can provide actionable intelligence to the human to make the decision. So anomaly detection is a great example. You don't have to leverage anomaly detection to say the AI needs to take an action, but hey, I need a report of, or I want to get only alerts to my SIM, to my security event management system. Um, I, want, I want you to highlight the alerts where there is you know, AI has been leveraged and the efficacy uh, uh or you know, or the the um reliability of the information, the fidelity of the result is such that 
I need to take some action or I may need to consider taking some action. So Dustin, any final thoughts or advice for organizations out there? Yeah, I mean, the biggest advice is is just learning about all of this, understanding it, not not turning a blind eye to it, not saying, well, you know, oh, that doesn't really, that's not really applicable or my organization doesn't need to worry about this because if you've got humans that are working in your organization, you are dealing with behavioral science, whether you want to deal with it or not. And I think fundamentally shifting your mindset away from a technology can solve everything, but understanding the behavioral science aspects, why people do things, their motivations, how they make decisions, why they make the decisions they make will allow you to leverage your technology and your controls better. Thanks for listening to the show. If you're looking to secure your business better or build up your cybersecurity career, then check us out over at cyberlife.tv. That's C-Y-B-E-R-L-I-F-E dot T-V.